Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, Natty Michelle, one of my good friends here in New York City, joined me to cover the topic, the truth behind toxic tendencies. We talked about toxic tendencies through bad habits, such as over-drinking, taking on other people's energy, procrastination, unfollowing on social media, and more. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I'll cover the topic, navigating change. I'll talk about the mindset and approach for navigating change through personal and professional aspects of our lives. Whether that's a new job, new home, different routines and habits we've adopted. Staying motivated when things are slow situations that call for change or just things in the age of coronavirus, I'll be reflecting on a lot of the changes we've had to make, especially this past year. I think I'm going to start this podcast off with a little life update, something I don't usually do with my podcasts, but it ties into the topic I'll be discussing today. This week has been pretty busy. I've been really in tune with my client work, and it's days like today where I feel so grateful to be back in New York City, working my dream job of helping others with social media. In case you're new here, I'm a freelance social media strategist and content creator based in New York City. I started 10 years ago when Instagram first launched, and I've learned everything about social media and blogging through experimentation and trial and error. My passion is teaching others how to use social media as a business. That includes organic growth, building an engaging community, and using my creative direction to differentiate a brand from its competitors in the corresponding industry. My biggest focus the past month or so has been all about finding that work-life balance. It's been my biggest struggle, but I think this past week, I've started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But before I talk about what's currently happening in my life, let me rewind back to the quarantine series where I felt discouraged and down about my freelancing business. I'm rewinding back to the day I was sitting in my bedroom in my family home in Fayetteville, North Carolina. A few days ago, I had been excited to see my family and leave New York City before things got worse there. After spending 24 hours at home, I was starting to face reality I would spend time sitting in my bedroom at home just just thinking, was the world going to end? Would we all die from this thing called COVID-19? What was real and what wasn't? Would I ever return back to New York City or would it get worse there? I had so many what-if thoughts running through my mind nonstop. And not only that, but I felt so discouraged with where I was at in my career. 
there's this huge window that overlooks my front yard and the neighbor's house across the street. There I was, sitting at that desk, facing that window, with the podcast microphone in front of me. There was a lot on my mind that day. My heart was hurting from the fact that just the previous week, I had clients and then everything came crashing down. How did I go from feeling confident quitting my full-time job end of January to slowly gaining new clients for my new freelancing business in February, and then everything I was trying to build came crashing down in March? How did this happen? I sat there in silence because the episode I was about to record was on how COVID affected me as a freelance social media strategist. I felt a little teary-eyed because the subject was a little too touchy for me. It didn't feel right talking about it when there were people dying on a daily basis and people getting evicted from their homes and people in worse situations than I was. I was discounting the fact that my feelings weren't valid because their situation was was worse than mine, and I had no right to complain. So I just kept my mouth shut and let it eat at me inside until I came to the conclusion that I wanted to talk about it. I couldn't keep going on feeling this way, so I shared everything from how I felt with the situation to how it triggered my unhealthy eating habits, and more. That was a heavy episode. But I say all this now because things are a lot different in October than it was in March. I believe that everything happens in his perfect timing. There are times when God is silent and it feels like he's not there and he's abandoned you to figure it all out yourself. Those days were tough. I was angry and upset at God for what had happened, and my anger turned to sadness. I spent my days praying about my situation and pouring out my heart to God over the loss of work and my business. I returned back to New York City, and things didn't look any better for another three months. Three months, yeah. My patience was running out and I contemplated leaving New York City to figure out another step. My lease was ending in July and I still didn't have a plan yet. But then I launched my new freelance website and started off with two consultation calls in July to more consultation calls and then one client in September and then another, the end of September. Before I knew it, things started to progress and I was getting more demand. It's ironic and funny how I had wished to have some sort of work with at least one client. And now I'm at a place where I want a break and I'm wishing to have a better work-life balance. (laughs) It's because I was at that low point I feel so much gratitude every single day. 
even through the hard ones where I was barely sleeping or eating. There are little moments of doubt that'll keep me from feeling 100% confident with my decision. The doubt makes me a little hesitant where I still don't know if this is the career path for me. But what I do know is how happy I am right now, how happy this job makes me feel, how happy I am to have my own freedom and schedule, how happy I am to provide for myself and live in my dream city. So that brings me to where I'm at currently, how I'm navigating change from my quarantine days to my current job situation. When I was living back at home from March to June, I had trouble adjusting. The first few days felt normal, like I was visiting my family for a vacation. But then the days continued to drag on and on and it no longer felt like a vacation. I loved being with my family, but like little baby birds ready to leave the nest after two weeks, things sure didn't feel the greatest. I was missing my freedom, my home, and I'm sure just like everyone else, we weren't expecting to fly back into our nest again. I never imagined I would be living back at home after college, that's for sure. I'm sure a lot of us were in the same boat during our quarantine days. We missed our friends, roommates, coworkers, the people that annoyed us in the office, the people that annoyed us on the streets. Just that interaction. We missed the office, bars we'd socialize at, places we'd go to after work, our workout routine at the gym, these little things that were no longer a part of our daily routine. I think the hardest part about navigating change in a new home is adjusting to the environment, the new space, the new setting. Maybe it's the odd smell we're not used to in the new bedroom or that bed that just doesn't hit the spot quite well like your old bed does or did. You're always in this comparison mode to what you previously had And you'll never truly be able to call this new place home because it's not your old home. I get it. I'm definitely the same way. I'm curious to know how many of you navigated change moving back home or moving to a new home or new environment. How long did it take you to adjust? What helped make that transition easier? There are many situations that call for change. I'm not going to go into politics here, but we do have a presidential election coming up in a few weeks that is serious and not to be taken lightly. What happens next is going to call for a lot of change. I mean, even now, the headlines read this morning that France enacted a 9 p.m. curfew in cities across the country that are experiencing spiking infections. It is said that the curfew will last at least a month. In the age of coronavirus, 
there's been a change in the way we interact with others, or lack thereof. My friends and I used to joke in the middle of quarantine that the children growing up during the quarantine era would, one, grow up wearing masks and not remember what it was like before, and two, be less likely to greet one another physically, like handshakes, hugs, or kisses. It's so crazy to believe that many from this generation will grow up with that mindset. I've even heard it from a few friends that they've limited the amount of people they spend time with. Meaning they've kept a close circle of people they remain in person contact with. And that's it. There's been less in-person interactions, but it's also opened doors to keeping in touch in different ways. Quarantine opened a wave of possibilities. From Zoom calls to FaceTime calls to even fluid phone calls. I remember when many people would only text and never dial to call someone. Less in-person interaction also made the work life a bit strained, but that was also manageable. Office life turned into work from home life, and most people found work from home life much easier than the latter. No more traffic jams in the mornings, running to catch the subway to work, dressing up in office attire. These little things started to make loungewear more acceptable and chic for work call meetings. I will say, I took it a step further during quarantine and wrote a few letters to my friends. Yes, snail mail. Anyone else find writing letters satisfying? I've always found a handwritten letter or a birthday card more thoughtful than any other gift. It reminds me of my high school days where I jot all my notes in composition notebooks. It takes a lot of time to write it all out, and to me, it's more genuine and meaningful. Spending time with my family and person bonded us even more when we all split off our separate ways. My brother went back to college, he goes to NC State. And my sister went back to South Carolina, where she's studying in medical school. Even now, we'll text each other daily in our Lee family group chat. Sometimes pointless and funny remarks, but other times we'll check in to see how everyone's doing. It's a great balance for us to focus on our everyday tasks, but also keep in touch with family. My point is, the way we've communicated from afar has changed with the times. We're more mobile now, and social media is in the center of it all. That leads to my next point. The different routines and habits we've adopted in this coronavirus era. A different habit we've adopted is wearing a mask everywhere we go. I remember this one time where I walked all the way down from my fifth floor walk-up apartment, ready to step out, when I realized I had forgotten my mask. So then, I had to go all the way back up my fifth floor walk-up apartment to retrieve my mask. 
It reminds me of that one meme where a fawn, a baby deer, is prancing down the road and then stops to realize something and then prances back in the other direction. That's how I felt, give or take 50 steps with an elevation. I mean, I feel weird walking around outside without wearing a mask. I used to feel weird wearing one in the beginning of quarantine, but it's so fascinating how the way our mentality has shifted. And it's really changed our attitude towards wearing masks. I feel like another habit we've all developed is getting used to technology helping us further our communication. These Zoom calls or Microsoft Teams or Slack or whatever platform your company is using have become the norm. And since it's so easy and convenient to just hop on a Zoom call, many of us resort to communicating with others in that way. I think one of the biggest takeaways I learned from my slow period during quarantine was how to continue staying motivated. How do you continue staying motivated when there's nothing to be motivated about? When things are slow, that doesn't mean your drive should slow down. I think slow days are necessary because it helps you, one, recharge and reset, and two, it allows you to reflect on the progress you've made and how you can better yourself the next time around. Without slow days, we wouldn't even know how to handle the fast ones. With my clients, I made it a rule that I spend one day not working on their socials. My Sundays are reserved for me to recharge, reset, and focus on the upcoming week's goals. Spending every day on multiple social accounts is draining. That's one thing some people don't know about this job. It's more than just creating pretty content to post. It's about the strategy and the heavy amount of energy I'm spending thinking about the next strategy or post. It's about spending a lot of time in my head, thinking about the caption and how to word something and to keep it interactive with their audience. I get drained just thinking about all of this and and then feel so exhausted mentally and physically when 10 p.m. hits. And the last point I want to make is being easier on yourself during times of harsh changes. Mentally, these shifts have not been easy on anyone. I applaud social media for emphasizing and bringing attention and awareness to mental health. Being able to talk about it with others is truly a blessing for many of us who struggle to find the right words to say. I'm proud of how bold many of us have been with sharing our struggles, our fears, our worries, and our problems in a world that is judgmental and sensitive. I find that most difficult conversations are the ones worth having, just as difficult situations are the ones most enduring. Why? You learn the most by going through it. And not only that, but you learn the most about yourself in a situation you wouldn't normally put yourself in. And this year has been full of that. We've been forced to slow down, 
communicate from afar, make difficult decisions personally and professionally, take care of ourselves mentally in a chaotic world, and move forward without knowing what's to come. I've learned especially these past three weeks how important it is to take care of myself first and foremost. The other week, I was sleeping at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and waking up at 7 a.m. to continue my work. On top of that, I was eating one meal a day, and that took a toll on my body. I know better to not push myself or overdo the perfectionist in me. Sometimes you do need these kind of weeks to know what you can and can't handle. And, and I definitely learned a lot from that terrible experience. It's been incredibly nice to have these clients and have work again after a period of discouragement. I am truly grateful for God's blessings when things felt dismal. Oftentimes, I found that right when you're ready to give up and quit, He brings beauty from ashes, hope from despair, light from darkness, and healing from the most broken, mixed up, and messy situations. To bring it back full circle, many of us have experienced a multitude of emotions, especially this past year. It sure has not been easy navigating change, but it's been one hell of a journey. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next season winter month series. This series will consist of episodes that cover seasonal ruts, loneliness during the holidays, cuffing season, being home for the holidays, and more. We all know how lonely and difficult it can get during the holiday season. So this series will focus primarily on most of our thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions during the winter months. If you have any topic suggestions, please let me know. Thanks for tuning in.